Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Cubs Related Podcast presented by CubsInsider.com. My name is Corey. I am joined as always by Brendan and we are coming to you on Wednesday, December 1st. It is about 11.30 Central Time here in the great city of Chicago. Major League Baseball is now in a lockout as of about 30 minutes ago, and I know we told you yesterday that we would be talking to you no matter what because of the pending lockout, but we would also be here for another reason, and technically, Brendan, this is an emergency episode of the Cubs-related podcast, and it's a good one, folks. It's a good emergency. It's good news. The Cubs have made a big signing, one of the best players available. In this particular free agent market, Marcus Stroman is a Chicago Cub. The potentially best free agent signing pitcher of the entire offseason, Corey. So three years, 71 million, and you don't get that like long-term commitment that might kind of turn teams off. This is a huge deal. It, it, It immediately puts the Cubs rotation in a more stable projection. It's the exact deal this team should be making. Yep. And so when we talked yesterday, we noted that there was obviously, you know, we understood the frustration. We shared some of it with how the offseason had played out thus far, but that there was a group of players in free agency and potential trades and a path to achieving the team that Jed and Tom and Carter Hawkins and everybody kind of laid out, right? Which was not necessarily yeah. chips all in World Series favorite, but competitive playoff team, you know, with those aspirations. And here we are 24 hours later and Jed has checked off another box and a very big one. And the, the thing that jumps out to me, Brendan, is that Jed, I think, took a lot of flack in the early going of free agency as guys were coming off the board, especially with guys like John Gray, Stephen Matz, who weren't making a lot of money mm-hmm. with his intelligent spending quote, right? That was being used against him a lot. But this is the epitome of intelligent spending. You paid a really good starting pitcher more money per year to get him to take a shorter deal, which is what you wanted all along. You get more flexibility in the long term as a result. Honestly, like I wish we kind of had Strowman for more than three years, but just that's just who I am. But it makes sense from the Cubs' perspective that you don't want to be tied down. You do have a level of uncertainty going forward in the future. But unlike Gray, 
you have potentially the most stable, projectable pitcher on your team. Gray had issues. $56 million for for a fastball that needs to be reworked. Stroman does not need to rework anything. He's like ready to go. And for the other guys out there, like Robbie Ray or Kevin Gossman, we'll get into the fine details as this episode goes along, but there are inherent risks by giving those guys long-term deals past three years, four, five years. There are risks to that. The Cubs don't have those risks. They're likely to get the value of this deal. So spend intelligent, this this is it. This is exactly what that means. It makes you think of even like the U Darvish contract or even going back to the John Lester contract in 2015, where a lot of people's first reaction is to look at the years. And of course, smart people were not doing this and anyone complaining about like the length of the John Lester contract was quite wrong. How did that work out, by the way, Corey? It worked out very well for the Chicago okay, yeah, Cubs. Just, he just won asking. the NLCS okay. MVP in a World series. Uh, oh, well, series. Okay. Yeah. But a lot of people looked at the length and they go, oh, okay, like maybe years five and six will be kind of rough, but you're paying for the beginning, yada, yada. And even putting the merits of that argument uh, for Lester or Darvish aside, you don't even have that here. Like you're, you're only getting him for a short period where like barring some sort of outside force, right? Like he's going to be really good and and be himself and the pitcher that you're intending to be paying for the duration of this contract. And uh, yeah, like I'm thrilled with this, man. Like I'm very excited to have Stroman. But then when you see these contract terms, it's it's like this is exactly (laughs) the type of deal (laughs) the Cubs were looking for. This is where they are right now in their development, in their prospect timeline, in everything, we heard it over and over again that they did not want to be giving out deals that were going to be sort of bogging them down in the future when, mm. you know, the the franchise may look very different, right? You just don't know what the team is going to look like, the payroll, all that other stuff. And so you just didn't want to be making those commitments now because you're not pushing all your chips in right now. And they went out and got one of the best pitchers on the market at exactly the the terms that they want. I, I don't know how you'd be anything but overjoyed with this. You have to be. It's it's the perfect balance of risk versus reward, right? You look at Gossman or you look at Gray. You look at Robbie Ray, who just won the Cy Young. Stroman beats all those guys' peripherals for consistency, for projections. And for the other players, from Jed's perspective, you don't know what they're going to be like in four years. And that includes John Gray. I know there's a lot of like anger last night about John Gray not signing with the Cubs. I get that. But if you look at some of the underlying numbers, like, for example, one number called Stuff Plus, John Gray was below average. That's because his fastball is not good, Corey. Like, that's really what it is. So Gray gets $56 million for a below-average fastball that needs to be reworked. And the Cubs cannot afford to have many risk at all in their rotation. And you only spend $15 million more to get the most projectable pitcher on this market. That is incredible. Like, Jed deserves a lot of credit for that, Corey. And in the current moment yesterday, it didn't make sense that this is what it is. So that's why it's that wait-and-see approach to see how, and even right now, to see how the offseason turns out. But comparing this to just Gray, I'm shocked 
it's this much of an advantage. Mm-hmm. Like I thought when we heard Strowman being signed, I thought, okay, maybe like 115 million, five years, 120 for six years, 71 million for Marcus Strowman, Corey? That's unbelievable. Ray and Gosman both go for five years, so the Cubs are giving Stroman uh, a little bit more on an annual basis, but for two less years. Yeah, barely though. Yeah, and yeah. right, barely more on a yearly <laughs> basis for two less years. And uh, again, like I, I think it as you kind of mentioned, we, there's certainly a possibility that we end up in a place where you want Stroman for longer. And maybe you wish the contract were longer or you have to engage in extension talks with him down the road and stuff like that. But for the moment, though, you got your guy and you got him in exactly the terms that your front office and your team was looking for. So this is this yeah. is pretty great. So the exact terms, just so we, we lay that out there, three years, $71 million. It does include an opt-out for Stroman after the second season. It's $25 million next year. 25 in 2023 and then 21 million in 2024 and it has uh 2 million dollar escalators for 160 innings pitched in both 2022 and 2023. So it also works for Strowman, right? Because he can cash out after two years, having made $50 million and go back to free agency. He'd only be 32 years old. So that works out for him if he wants it. And if not, you know, you have that one year where you'd be paying him $21 million, And I would be pretty shocked if we're in a place where he's not worth $21 million in just, you know, three years time, right? Mm-hmm. So I think this works for everybody. Um, this is like, uh, yeah, I, this was, uh, it, it happened pretty quickly. So Marcus did go on uh, Marquee, and he said that basically the Cubs reached out around Thanksgiving, and things kind of heated up from there, uh, but that once he found out that the Cubs were involved, his interest was quite peaked because he likes the Cubs. He wants to pitch at Wrigley Field. I think he said on Twitter that it's the only major league ballpark he has not pitched in. And so the first time he does that is going to be as a Cub in uh, a full Wrigley Field with the fans on his side. So that is pretty cool. And, you know, you just read the stuff from him about wanting to be a Cub, being excited to be at Wrigley Field. He was already going back and forth with Abair Elzali on Twitter about getting to work and doing things. He's already tweeting at Carlos Correa saying he needs to come to Chicago. Like, from the player perspective and the personality perspective, you're getting a, a very outspoken uh, and good guy coming to the north side and, and someone who engages with fans and has fun on Twitter. Uh, and yeah, so this is this is pretty exciting, man. I mean, for especially where we were yesterday with kind of just hoping the Cubs would do something, this is a big something, Brendan. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the tone around this team changes so much. And they need to make more moves, right? Like, hopefully we get more stability in the positional side of this group. But in this current moment, the rotation, how it looks right now with, with Hendricks up top, Stroman right by Hendricks, Miley, Alzali, Steele, Mills, Thompson, presumably another free agent signing of some type. It's shaping out, like, really nicely i think and just like think about this like to have that stability with hendrix and stroman that is huge for the development of steel 
for Alzali to get those innings and quality innings. And the same can be said about Miley eating those innings. It does create room for Alzali and Steele and Thompson to develop. You may not have to rely on them in a greater inning sample, which allows them to make changes comfortably and adapt faster. So it does have other effects on this team besides just winning, you know, besides just bringing like a FIP that's, you know, in the top 20, you know, fifth percentile of the league. It has effects on other guys as well. And that's what this team desperately needs. It's a, it's a no-brainer, Corey. It's it's so good to be finally talking about a signing like yeah. this. It's been like, what, three years, four years since this happened. So I'm, 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 I'm overjoyed. So just reading some of the stuff, just looking at this article here on the Marquee website, just some baseline stats for you. Brendan is going to do a, a deeper dive into what he's he's really into here in a moment. Uh, so I, I think he's going to have the microphone for several minutes at a time. So let me just blurt some stuff out here to give yeah, you kind of the, the more surface level stuff. But Stroman had a 3.02 ERA in 179 innings last year. Uh, he is a former All-Star 2019 and finished eighth in the Cy Young voting in the AL when he was on Toronto in 2017. Career-wise, 179 starts, 3.63 ERA in those starts. Uh, And uh, an interesting little tidbit from this article, 16 quality starts in 2021 uh, and pitched at least five innings in 29 of his 33 starts. By contrast, the Cubs had 43 quality starts total in 2021 and 19 of them were from Kyle Hendricks. So in addition to just having the potential to be that frontline top of the rotation type guy, right, who's getting into a a Cy Young mix, being an all-star, you know, winning gold gloves, etc. How many times did we talk about length and short starts and killing the bullpen and all that stuff last year? Like, this is a guy who is going to go out there and give you innings. And a lot of the time, they're going to be really good innings. But even beyond that, like, he's going to give you innings. He's going to give you quality starts. Like, this is a starting pitcher, right? Not an opener, not a guy that goes short. Like this is a bona fide top of the rotation starting pitcher that you are slotting in to this Cubs rotation. So Mm -hmm. yeah, we're in a lockout now. They can't do anything more for a while. But when you look back at Wade Miley, that addition and what he's bringing from a veteran presence, you know, obviously a, a different kind of pitcher, but so far, right? Jed has delivered Still room to go here on this, but he has delivered on adding to this starting rotation, getting depth to this starting rotation, and just improving the overall group of arms that the Cubs have. Yeah. Uh, Transition me to talking to Stroman. Yeah. So that's the the surface level stuff. Uh, We never did get that jingle ready for when we go into the lab with Brendan here, but uh, for the nerds among us, Brendan's going to talk to us uh, a little deeper about Marcus Stroman. And I would assume, Brendan, like if, if you're licking your chops, looking at Stroman and his data and all this other stuff. I Tommy Hadovy's probably still awake oh right now, looking at his iPad and putting stuff <laughs> yeah. together. He's got to be overjoyed to get somebody yep. with this kind of a pitch mix in his rotation. I'm just imagining Tommy Hadovy with that like pencil in his ear right now, just taking notes at midnight about Marcus Stroman's slider and sinker and changeup. But those pitches, man, are as a as a total sum among the best 
for a repertoire of any pitcher in in the league. So he has, from a pure location standpoint, four pitches that are well above league average. Gossman, on the other hand, only has two. So I think that's a good contrast because that's who the Cubs were considering signing. And when you look at Stroman, he has such a stable profile and he's gotten better over the last year. The the one interesting change he made that actually might be continuing to make him better as he comes to the Cubs is he changed his splitter or changeup. He changed a grip on it last year. And as a result, his whiff rate on that off-speed pitch doubled. So before 2021, he was about a league average whiff pitcher. Now he's above league average in getting whiffs. That's new. His contact rate or whiff rate, rather, was around 20% before 2021. Last year was 25%. And that's being attributed to that new splitter. And then the second thing that jumps out with him is he has that that ideal east-west profile. So what I mean by that is his sinker moves. We're going to get a little bit uh, numbery here, but it's just it's a good reference. His sinker moves three o'clock axis. His slider is at nine o'clock. It's almost a complete opposite. Other guys who have that type of ratio include. Blake Trennan, who has the potentially like nastiest slider sinker combination in the league. So Strowman has that same type of spin access. He just throws his pitches much slower. And his his uh, velocity separation as a result is not as great as some of those more heavy velo reliever type guys um, that, that you typically see. So that's why he's not getting all those whiffs, but it's also why he's getting chase rates in the 85th percentile. It's also why he's getting weak contact in the same type of tier similar to what you see with Kyle Hendricks because that stuff is so good. And so he was talking about that changeup last year that that was new. And I love hearing this quote that he had. And so he was asked, hey, like, like what do you think of this new pitch? And he said, quote, man, I love it. That's a new pitch for me. I'm still getting comfortable with it. This was last May. But to see the results is extremely encouraging. That continued throughout the year. Again, that was said in last May and it just continued through September. And so that is that is awesome. And what you also see too is not only is he getting whiffs and getting chases now on pitches outside the zone at an elite level, but he's not walking anyone. His walk rate is still in the 85th percentile. It's better than 85% of pitchers in the league. So that, that is rare to have that type of a quality chase rate as well as the ability to not walk anyone. That's what you want, man. That's what makes pitchers projectable. And again, yeah, the velocity is not going to be comparable to Gossman or Robbie Ray. And that's that that that's fine. He can still get guys out with four different pitches that those guys don't have. And so also when you look at just like past injury history, the last injury Marcus had was in 2018. And he missed a month in total with a little bit of right shoulder fatigue. That's it, man. Outside of that, he's been healthy for the last almost four years now. It just it just makes so much sense. And then looking at more of like the nitty gritty new 
numbers. There is a few different metrics that are new out there um, that are actually outcompeting some of the previous numbers that we've been so used to seeing, like FIP and Sierra and deserved runs average by baseball perspective is outbeating all projections for the next year. And that's actually made by uh, a former colleague of mine who's now with the Houston Astros. And these numbers are called Stuff Plus, Pitching Plus, and Location Plus. And for Stuff Plus, which takes into account horizontal movement, vertical movement, release point, velocity difference among pitches, Strowman and Gossman are almost identical. Like Strowman's stuff plus is 103, Gossman's 104. So that, that's basically identical. And, and again, Strowman's using four pitches. Gossman's using two pitches. So you can see how that's going to work. Now, when you look at Gossman's splitter and his fastball, he does tend to have a better what's called pitching plus metric, which is the most predictive number out there. Uh, so that does suggest Gossman in the immediate will is likely to be better. But do you want to sign Gossman for five years? What is that going to look like in 2026? There's a huge uncertainty there that is not factored in for the Cubs because Stroman's not on that deal, right? That's the advantage of getting Stroman to this type of 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 contract. So it makes complete sense and he's not done. So he has that change up that's improving, but I'm also curious to see how the Cubs utilize that sinker. We've seen it now with Alzali, Mills, Hendricks, all all of these guys. Braylon Marquez developed a sinker and they're doing so. Even Zach Davies was like nudged to do this. It did not work. But they're they're being encouraged no, to throw didn't. It did not work, but they're being encouraged to throw those sinkers like up and into right-handed batters. Uh, Stroman did do that, but not to the same degree as Azalei last year. And they had a good like tweet uh, conversation, which was funny to see him and uh, Azalei. So I'm imagining what does Stroman look like if he changes the location in which he throws his sinker. If he does end up throwing more up and into righties, that changeup might work better. That cutter might work better. That slider might work better. And I'm, I'm just incredibly curious to see what Tommy Hadevi does. So he's still improving. But even if he doesn't, like this is the, I keep saying this because it's, it's so obvious and so true. This is the most projectable, stable starting pitcher you can possibly sign. And they did it without the long-term volatility that you might otherwise feel if you got Ray and you got Gossman, Corey. I, I mean, this is it, man. You there's there's very little room to critique this type of deal. Yeah, I yeah, you're not going to hear it from me, and I don't think you're going to hear it from you. So, uh, and my general consensus on you know Cubs Twitter and stuff like that has been everybody seems pretty thrilled, e- even if even if you don't know that much about Stroman in a in a vacuum. Although, if you just listen to Brendan, hopefully now you have a a deeper knowledge than most about <laughs> Marcus Stroman and what he can do. Um, you know, just the simple fact, like this is the Cubs spending money, going and getting one of the top pitchers available on the market and doing something, right? And so, you know, there are some some potential ramifications, which we'll, we'll get to in a second, but I, I do want to touch on um, one of the things that, you know, a couple things that Stroman said um, when he spoke to Marquis, um, and one of which was that he wants to win now, Obviously, he's a passionate guy. He wants to win. 
And he was asked if, you know, he talked to the Cubs about, you know, what their plans are, like what what are they doing, like what what's their timing going to be. He didn't go into too much detail, but he said that signing him certainly demonstrates uh, a little bit of, of where they are and, and speaks to the fact that this is not a rebuild, as a lot of people were concerned about. And I think it certainly does. And that when the Cubs showed as much interest, they were showing more interest than the other teams, he said, it it really became something that he wanted to happen. He said he knew in his gut that this was the team for him. Uh, So, you know, stuff like that is always good. You want guys that want to play here. Uh, He said, too, that he rushed to LAX to get on a plane to be able to get here, you know, to do the physical and everything before the midnight deadline tonight with the lockout because he wanted to get it done. He wanted to be a Cub. They had had those conversations, you know, for, uh, you know, not quite a week, but, you know, nearing a week. And it became clear that this is what he wanted. The Cubs wanted him and he wanted to get it done. So that that is always good. He went on Twitter later to say, Chicago has always been one of my favorite cities, culture and passion everywhere. Beyond excited to pitch in front of one of the best fan bases in all of sports. Thank you to everyone in the city for the warm welcome. I can feel it. Let's get to work. Mm. Let's do it, Marcus. Let's Let's get to work. Yeah, let's do it. But uh, I think that, you know, that's kind of the initial excitement. And Brendan, I like we're, this is an interesting spot now because coming into the day, a lot of us were pulling our hair out, kind of wondering what are the Cubs doing, what's going on, and now you kind of end up in a place where you're pulling your hair out because you kind of wish you could see what else they were going to do, right? Mm-hmm. And now we kind of have to put a pause on that. But I, I, I do you agree with, I think, the general consensus that this is not necessarily a move you make if there's not other stuff to follow? Worst case scenario, and it, you know, you do have to think about the worst case scenarios, but if the team's not competitive, this is the type of deal that's attractive to other teams, which makes this type of signing so much more valuable. So in the scenario that they end up not being competitive in you know 2023 or 2020 you know, this season, you know, I doubt they explore trades, but it is a it is a possibility. So the fact that Stroman signed with the Cubs and he as you said, he mentioned this, he wants to win now so this to me does signal that competitiveness is on the table we heard about potentially expanding playoff teams when the lockout's over but even if they don't you can see this team finding a win projection that puts them within range of the division of the wild card and by getting stroman and with with even kyle's volatile year last year he's still a stable projection this team can do it, man. Like this, there's no reason to believe that when this lockout is over and free agents can sign again, that the Cubs can't acquire a few position players and make this team instantly a contender. Is it a World Series contender in the same tier as past champions? Right now, no, but you just got to get into the tournament man at, at this point and the Cubs bullpen the way that it's shifted over the years where last year it was a huge strength prior to the trade deadline that is one feature that can get teams to win those high leverage playoff scenarios also 
how teams have used their rotations in years past, especially the Nationals in 2019, pitching guys every third day in their rotation, or even uh, looking at what the Braves did with going on these 3-4 inning um, stints, the game changes once you get into the playoffs. So you may have like an 88-win projection. That might be good enough to get in, and then the Cubs can change their strategy, their usage around. That can get them through those short samples, those playoff high leverage scenarios. You just got to get in. And this is a huge step to getting there. And there's more moves, I think, that will be made as a result. And this should be taken, I think, more likely than not, that Jet is intent on competing for next year. Yeah, I mean, to me, that seems obvious. Uh, This is just, especially with the length of only being three years, I'm just not really sure what the point would be if you're not going to continue adding to the team, especially because once you add Stroman, as we kind of said at the outset, the goal that they stated, right, which was to be competitive, to make the playoffs, to be competing in the NL Central more specifically as as your key goal rather than like, yes, like it's World Series or bust. Once you shine Stroman, like that's clearly attainable at this point. Like looking at some of the the math that folks have done on Twitter, like I'm looking at Michael Cerami from, from Bleacher Nation, and he has the Cubs around 116, 117-ish million uh, for their luxury tax payroll right now. So, you know, even if you're only pushing to around like 150-ish, yeah, 160-ish. It should, be, it should be over that. It should be over that. They were like a 180, 190 last year. They were, I think, 175. Actually. Right. But I'm saying yeah. even if they're going to dial it back, right, that still leaves you with a lot of money to oh, play yeah. with. And if you're going closer to the luxury tax but even staying under, that's a ton of room to make additions. Again, to reach the point where you're achieving that goal of when you show up to spring training, you are legitimately of the belief like, yeah, this team could compete for the division. It should compete for a playoff spot. Like we believe that that possibility is in there and it's not a total pipe dream or requiring a billion different things to break your way, right? Like when you look at who's even remaining on the free agent market, you look at potential trades, like that pathway is there. And we said that yesterday before they made this move. Obviously, this is one of those moves that kind of was necessary to continue along that path, but you've done it. And it's not like breaking the bank or anything like that. And it's not altering your long-term timeline or, or anything like that. So to me, I'm not sure why you would make a move like this, especially with a, a very competitive guy. Like that just seems like a mistake if you're not intending on competing. Um, but I I would think that we're not done here. Yeah. And, you know, especially this was pretty quiet, right? Like we didn't really hear much about this. There was loose rumors out there, right? But we didn't really hear this steam starting to pick up until today, basically, when it happened. And so I'm not saying that means that they've got other stuff in the works or anything like that. But this is how the Cubs at times have operated, where stuff kind of just comes out of nowhere. And it seems like they're not in those rumors. They're not connected to guys. But they've got stuff going on, right? And now, unfortunately, we have to wait and see what that might be and if it's still there in a couple months or whenever this new CBA comes out. But to me, yes, this signals to what 
degree of significance, I don't know, but it does signal to me like, yeah, there's going to be more. And also it it, it allows us to look back at what Jed said even coming into the offseason and be able to say like, yeah, at least so far, like he's doing what he said, right? When you've only added Wade Miley and some other, you know, minor league guys or, uh, you know, fifth outfielder types, it's harder to reconcile those words. But when you make a big signing like this, you know, he said, we're going to have money to spend. We're going to be very active in free agency. We're going to be doing stuff, right? We've got to add to this rotation. Like he's doing it, you know, they're not done by any means. Like if the, if the, this is the team they took to camp, like it's, it's very questionable, like what they were doing all this time. But there's a lot of free agents left. There's a lot of potential left. And, and this is a big move toward accomplishing the stated goals. Yeah. I think there, there's other moves that will be made. The obvious one to, to me seems to be shoring up that middle infield with Nico and Madrigal in the middle infield right now, starting without anyone else being added, there's some defensive uncertainty, but if you can keep... Yeah, go ahead, Corey. Well, I was just going to say, you know, you, you've got a lot of ground ball pitchers. You need a right. shortstop, Brendan. You do. I, call me crazy, but I, <laughs> I think Carlos Correa would be a really good addition. They've been connected to Carlos Correa, you know, so... We'll see if that, that that's actually true or not. But even even if it's not Korea, there's still guys out there that might make sense. Trevor Story's an option. Potentially, we have heard that maybe the Diamondbacks are going to tear it down. It's not my preference, but it does make sense if you want to get Nick Ahmed, who's quite literally the best defensive shortstop in baseball. If the Cubs sign or rather trade Ahmed, and you keep him as shortstop in some certain matchups, and Nico's at second base, statistically over the last three seasons, that's the best middle infield defense in Major League Baseball. Like, Nico's outs above average at second base has been in the 98th percentile. For Ahmed, it's been in the 99th. So, like, you can't do better than that. And that would cost you almost nothing, both from a trade uh, perspective as well as a money perspective. Ahmed's going to make like $8 million for the next two years. So I can see that happening. Again, I want a better shortstop from an offensive profile, but you can see that working. And I also think, too, from the starting rotation, they're not done yet. There's still guys out there. You still have Carlos Rodon out there. And if they do sign him, you have a nice, hard, lefty power arm in your rotation and instantly, you can see, okay, you have Kyle up top, you have Stroman number two, Rodon number three, Miley number four, and you slot in Alzali, Mills, Steele, Thompson, you know, Abbott. Like, you have a lot of depth and a lot of interesting options, and that should play out well from a projection standpoint, widening your possibilities to accumulate more wins and increase your chances of getting to the playoffs. It's right there, Corey. Like, I don't think people... Maybe realize it yet? Maybe they do because we did design Strowman. But it is well within the realm of possibility that we're going to be competing for a playoff spot in the next, like, you know, eight weeks once this lockout's over and we sign more guys. Yeah. So the, that's one of the things, you know, you mentioned Rodon. That's one of the things that is still kind of on that list of things that Jed pointed out that you still need to do. Power arms, power in the rotation, um, you know, because Strowman is, is a very ground ball heavy guy. And so Velo. I mean, that suggests he's going to get someone like one of those guys, right? He, you're right. He explicitly said power. Yeah, runs. I would. I would think yeah. so. I mean, when you add another ground ball guy, and you've already got, 
you know, Miley, Hendricks, and Mills kind of filling in that slower, uh, methodical ground ball type of Does that concern you, though? Like, we talked about this a few weeks ago. It's like, if you get outs, I don't care how you get the outs, but, like, from a playoff perspective, it would be nice to have those I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, they need to add power arms. You need Velo. You know, Adbear can bring a little bit of that, um, but, you know, we're not really sure how he's going to be. He's, you know, like obviously hoping he continues to make those improvements. I believe in him, um, but, you know, I'm not sure what you're counting on, I guess, exactly there. Yeah. Uh, the the concern for me, like you said, as long as you're getting outs, that's fine. The concern for me right now is you don't really have the defense that's set up to do that. So you need... Yeah, you you need a shortstop or you know you need to put together a better middle infield defense and infield defense as a whole than you have right now and there's different ways to do this you know obviously they've talked about Nico kind of being deployed as a guy that that plays all over we saw Patrick Wisdom look good at third base um you know but it's it's not the defense you would build if you were, you know, putting together a rotation of guys that are such extreme ground ball inducing pitchers. So that, at least for me, in a vacuum, these guys don't concern me. If they're getting outs, if they're good pitchers, I don't care how they're going about it, right? But you don't have the the defense behind them as of this moment that is kind of matching that strategy. So we need to see some sort of like symmetry between those two ideas. And of course, like I say, you know, the the Cubs have been mentioned with Carlos Correa. I don't know if anything serious at this point because of the lockout, it doesn't really matter. Like we'll have to revisit it or see what happens. Um, but that's obviously the, the super high end of it. But you've got a particular strategy going on in your rotation, you you do need to figure out how to back that up because you can get all the ground balls in the world and that's great. But if nobody's behind you to scoop them up and turn them into outs, doesn't really matter. So in that regard, it does concern me. But Jed made the point about the power arms uh, and, and, you know, maybe adding some bats. So I think we're not done here. I think this is where that kind of judge the off season in its totality mentality comes into play. We, we've got to wait. Yeah, I, I'm thinking too. You know, we still have Sergio Alcantara. That's a possibility. Defensively, he makes sense. The offense was, you know, not good last year. But if you can also have Nico at second base for a decent amount of time, then you shore up your defense at shortstop somehow, and you can easily solve that. So there, there are going to be moves. Like, I'm pretty certain about that. It just doesn't make sense, as you said. To go out and sign Strowman if we're not going to do the minimum to shore up the defense and maybe the outfield as well. There's so many guys out there too that just kind of makes sense from the Cubs' perspective. So um, I'm optimistic. Uh, it's, it sucks that the lockout's happening right now. Like, of course, this would happen hours after we sign uh, Marcus Strowman. But once we get uh, beyond this lockout, hopefully it's somewhat soon. I think this 2022 team is is going to be interesting. It's going to provide intrigue and uh, some level of excitement regardless. Yeah, and the the thing for me is as has been the case with the shortstop group, like it, it a lot of them make sense. You know, Carlos Correa seems like a pipe dream, but the reason he makes sense is because he's going to be someone you sign long term 
to be that type of player, not just in the short term. Like you'd expect that to go well for quite a long time when you are entering and even in that new era of Cubs baseball, mm-hmm. where some of these younger prospects that they've acquired are coming up, and you're 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 in a different period, right? But the so if the Cubs want to do that, it makes sense. It's obviously a huge expenditure, but it, it doesn't have to be something where the 2022 team is excellent to justify making that move. It makes sense long term. It always did because you don't have that type of person at shortstop right now. But what's what's more important to me after today is even if they don't want to do something that's that exciting, even though they should, like it just feels like they're not that much money away from being a competitive team. And that's what is the most important thing to me. Like, I, I, I want them to be winning the World Series every year. I think we all do, right? Duh. But that's not the reality. And at the minimum for me, like, I just want to, like, start the season, you know, in a place where they're there's potential there and it's going to be a fun and interesting worthwhile season right rather than going into the season which i think was a lot of people's fear heading up to today like are we going to go into spring training and and opening day like kind of just knowing that this team isn't going to be any good right and they're not done they're not at that point where that's not necessarily true right now but it just feels like they're a handful of moves and maybe not even that much money if they don't want to spend it from getting to that point and and so I'm trying to be very hopeful that they're going to do that because it doesn't seem like a big ask at this point it doesn't I mean just from a pitching point of view Hendricks Stroman Miley Alzali Steele those are five pitchers that every single game one of those guys should be pitching. That should provide some intrigue and interest and give them some semblance of competitiveness. Even if they don't go out and make any moves, which they're probably going to do. They're probably going to make more moves. I think already, like, this team is already shaping out to be interesting. That's different from an ultra competitor, World Series contender, but they're they're interesting. They're in the conversation, right? Like right now we're already in the conversation of being competitive for, for 2022. If they get Correa though, man, if they get Correa, this this entire picture dramatically That'd changed. be an explicit pod. No I question. Mean, it's just gonna be had... Brennan and I just ripping <laughs> <laughs> curse words. Yeah. <laughs> Have we ever had a positive explicit pod? I don't think we've had. I don't I mean, think that, so. That would be that would be absurd. But like even with Correa, like his defense is 90th percentile at shortstop. And if that goes away, you just shift him to third base. The arm is still going to be there. And for Correa, I mean, it's obvious. The, the contact rate, very good, very predictive. The power off the charts. Like he's almost kind of like your prototypical. I mean, like he deserves 350 million. If you're going to give anyone that type of contract, it's probably Correa. Yeah. Well, and, you know, another thing that we see today, and again, a lot of offseason left, we'll, we'll judge it all together in the end once the lockout is over, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, there there were a lot of narratives, I think, especially um, that get 
kind of debunked today. And I, I don't know that a lot of people believe in them, but some of them persist, you know, especially after the trade deadline. I think there was, uh, there was a, a handful of people and a lot of it, you know, very kind of snarky tweets and stuff like that, um, that, you know, liked to wonder aloud, like, what effect would that have that they couldn't extend anybody, that they traded everybody um, on free agents wanting to be here, and what effect did that have through the younger parts of the organization and stuff like that. And I, I, I read some of them on air here tonight, but you can see it in the interview with Marquis and just in his tweeting, like, I pretty sure Marcus Stroman was quite interested to be a Chicago Cub and play in front of us, the Cubs fans, and play at Wrigley Field and to put that C on his jersey. Uh, So I, you know, I don't know what his market was. I don't know what his personal feelings were about certain destinations and this, that, or the other, but I would say that we can feel pretty comfortable in saying that the Chicago Cubs and Wrigley Field is definitely still a destination for top free agents and top players in this league because Marcus Stroman seemed absolutely overjoyed uh, to be a Chicago Cub and I'm sure that this was not the only offer. Uh, if you're you're thinking it was just for the money, I'm sure he had other offers for a lot of money. So I, I think we can kind of put a, a lot of narratives to bed today, but certainly that one. Like, I don't think there's any concern about whether the Cubs are a destination at this yeah. point. I mean, just wrapping up here, like, how good does it feel to finally be talking about something positive? It's good or- to have something nice. Dude, it's been, what, like a year? Honestly, more than that? Maybe two years? What happened a year ago? What are you even thinking about? I don't even know. That's the thing. Like, I honestly don't remember the last time I pressed play on this podcast. I'm like, all right, I feel good about this. Where we were like genuinely excited about something they did? Like, I mean, was I, I'm sure I'm forgetting something, but like... Was it Darvish? I was going to say Darvish too, because... We liked the Castellanos deal at the time, but we didn't know he was going to be that, right? Like that we were going to fall in love with him. So I don't think we were that pumped at the time when it happened. Even the Darvish deal, like we were pumped about that, but this this Stroman one's more obvious, right? Like like Darvish, at the time, there was some uncertainty. It was $120 Like it made sense, of course, to us. But for this one, I don't think I've ever felt more confident about a signing my entire life dude like maybe yeah. Zoberist, but even Zoberist was like what 36 35 when he signed that this is this is the perfect contract so i i, I don't know it's well it and good you know again like a lot of runway left so we'll we'll see uh, like I, I guess it's certainly possible that this is like the only thing they do again it doesn't make any sense and the the sign nothing points to that being the case but you know, it, it does kind of get old after a while, even though I, I do understand it to a degree, but like there's just so much like hand-wringing over like, are the Cubs ever going to spend again? You know, Tom is digging through the couch cushions and they're only signing, you know, released outfielders from other teams and stuff like that. It's just like they did something. They spent a lot of money. They did something big. They got a big player. It's it's just honestly like a, a sigh of relief in addition to yeah. just the absolute excitement for Stroman himself in a vacuum and thinking about that move like just a relief like uh, thank you like they did something they did something big they acted like the big market you know like machine that they are and it's just nice to as yeah as you're saying Brennan it's just nice to have something nice yeah I mean like I don't know it's 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 fun to see 
the the minor league system starting to get some progression and then you know at the big league level we're signing guys like Stroman you're seeing some other guys kind of break out and Wisdom and Schwindel and they're still uncertain don't get me wrong but there's a lot of storylines to follow and from a year ago like none of this was in our radar like I we had no idea Schwindel would be someone or or Madrigal, or Wisdom, or any of these guys, right? Stroman's on this team. Uh, Alzali took massive improvements. Hap has looked better the last two months. I'm still very skeptical about that, but it just, it baseball changes so fast. And so I'm wondering, okay, like this is where we are right now. Where are we going to be halfway through the season? Where are we going to be next offseason? Like, is there a possibility that this team can be, you know, a, a bona fide World Series contender by this time next year? Yeah, dude. Like, this is a legitimate possibility at this point. We're back into the discussion. That feels good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I I think we can kind of wrap it up here. Um, Unfortunately, now we enter another period where it's weird for Brendan and I to (laughs) come up with stuff to talk about because, like— they're locked out. Like, they can't even go work out at the stadium. Like, that's how locked out they are. If you go to MLB.com, I believe they even remove all of the content with current players. So, like, if you go to MLB.com right now, it's like a bunch of old highlights and stuff. Like, I'm looking at Kirby Puckett and Joe Carter in 1993 and Cal Ripken in the 2001 like all-star game like they remove everything from active players that's how weird yeah, this is it's it's weird. shut down so that's how that is uh rob manfred you're you're doing a great job everybody likes you you're great this is great this is a great thing for the sport um but today was fun and getting marcus stroman is fun and I think that is probably where we will leave you. We'll keep talking to you guys once a week, uh, but there's like literally nothing going on. Uh, they're not even allowed to lift weights at the stadium, as as stupid as that uh, sounds. But for now, you know, kind of just wrapping things up, um, really impressed beyond just the excitement. I, I remain really impressed at just how on the nose, you would describe this signing as intelligent spending. I, 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 when we got those contract details, I think from Jeff Passon was the first one to pass those along. I, Brendan and I were immediately texting and I was like, almost like gasping. I, I was like, this is kind of remarkable that they were able to pull this deal off. This is exactly what they would have wanted if they were dreaming it up right? Like, yeah, we'd love to have Marcus Stroman, but only if he'd entertain like a shorter term deal, right? And they present it to him with the higher annual value than some of those other guys. And he got a higher annual value than the Cy Young winner in Robbie Ray, right? And he went for it and he's excited to be a Cub. Like, I, I think it's it's pretty remarkable that they were able to pull that off in the fashion like exactly as Jed has been talking about. Um, and for something that he was kind of mocked a little bit over as other guys were signing big contracts and stuff like that, you know, Jed had a plan apparently, and he was ready to deploy it and and strike when the opportunity struck, similar to how he did with Wade Miley. So uh, we have to wait to see what else Jed has for us. And again, 
There needs to be more to to round this roster out, to get them to the place they want to be, and hopefully there is when the league resumes action. But for now, this is a very, very good start, and we all get to go to sleep, at least heading into this lockout, with some really good news and being super excited, I think, for the first time in a decent while. So um, with that, we'll, we'll leave you there. Good night, Cubs fans. Uh, Enjoy your sweet dreams about Marcus Stroman pitching at Wrigley Field in a Chicago Cubs uniform. We will talk to you guys soon, and as always, go Cubs.